I'm Derek Thompson, longtime writer with The Atlantic magazine on tech, culture, and politics. There is a lot of noise out there, and my goal is to cut through the headlines, loud tweets, and hot takes in my new podcast, Plain English. I'll talk to some of the smartest people I know to give you clear viewpoints and memorable takeaways. Plain English starts November 16th. Listen for free on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts, from superchargers and brakes to exhaust kits and beyond, eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. I like a delicious chicken. It was repot. It was repot. It's professional, it's professional. Wrestling. wrestling. Ladies and gentlemen, the world's number one sports and recreation podcast of all time is back. It's called Cheap Heat. Uh, I'm your forever 24-7 champion uh, residing in the capital of planet Earth, New York City, where I just procured a Popeye's fried turkey. I'm very, very excited. Right. And I'd like already. to, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm I already SGG. I'm lucky to have one. I, <laughs> I'll get into it later. I'd first like to welcome for the first time ever, the physically married stat guy, Greg. Yes, that's right. That's right. I got my hardware on me right now. Look my at Hall that. of Fame ring. Looks Hall beautiful. of Fame ring. A lot to get to from the weekend that was as SGG completed his nuptials with his beautiful bride, Crystal, yeah. and one man who was there and limping around, sort of looking hobbled and pathetic and, and kind of like limping through the weekend <laughs> was Hollywood super agent Brian Dipperstein. Uh, woo! That's Dip Flair back from the swim-up bar. Oh, There's, there's no one that loves a swim-up bar more than Dip Flair. 
If I can't sw- sit at the bar, I'll swim right up to it. He was swimming and swimming to the bar, that is. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> By the way, how does it feel that both of you missed the best part of the wedding weekend? Which was? Which was Saturday midday at the pool when it started pouring and and Dipperstein you if you guys if Dipperstein ever has a storyline um what did someone say your name was going to be international delight if international yeah. delight ever has a storyline i know the way to beat his character water Rain. he's like the wicked witch of the west the man was running and running from the rain so sgg we're all by the pool and sgg missed it because he was like gallivanting and greeting and saying goodbye to people i kept asking where's sgg where's sgg and crystal they're like oh well they said they had to see someone off and do this and do that and you know 11 became 12 and 12 became one and one became two and dipperstein's nowhere to be found he's not seeing anyone off he's just hiding from the rain but a great a great group of us just we were frolicking we were frolicking in the pouring rain together because i got news for you the rain doesn't impact you when you're in a pool <laughs> right. you could get hit by lightning you're insane there was, there was no lightning no lightning i there saw no some lightning. lightning i saw lightning i saw some lightning there was no lightning anywhere i i was uh i i was giving natalie suplexes in the water Belly to back suplexes that were beautiful. Um, Excellently executed, would you say? I would say, but I was a little embarrassed because I meant to give her a three amigos in honor of Eddie Guerrero. And I really took her to Suplex City. It was like a combination Suplex City and Three Amigos. Enough right. people did Three Amigos this weekend. Uh, you know what? The, you three know what? Amigosing up a storm. We'll talk you about that what? later. We'll get to that. Exactly. The, the last thing anyone needed was a supposed that Eddie Guerrero amigos. tribute because there were already way too many. Um, SGG, why don't you take us outside the ring and tell us what's happening in the world besides your beautiful wedding? But if you want to include anything from that, please feel free. How's it? Hold on. How's it going, by the way? How's the marriage? I mean, what yeah, uh, is, it gonna work? is it working out? Oh, it's it's going great. It's going mm-hmm. great. It's Have going you great. seen any change in the last couple of days? Are you being yelled at more? Are you yelling more? Are you what? What is what's going on? Has something no, it's, it's, is, it's going great. Super positive. Um, my finger <laughs> feels a little heavier. It's a big so ring. by the way. Can you get a little closer. You went with a big ring. Oh, no, it's not. It looks regular. Yes, yeah, it's the average size. Uh-huh. But yeah, I'll, you know, I'll tell I mean, you one thing. You can't pinpoint one difference since the marriage occurred. <laughs> no, I just, I'm just feeling so good. I can't. He's wow. high still. You got. Yeah, I'm still on that. I got to yeah, give him a couple me, of years. Catch me after the holidays too. We're rolling into the yeah, holiday yeah. season. Yeah, he rolls right into the happiest holidays of his life. Now, I'll tell you one thing they don't tell you about in um, in divorce school. No one tells you about how weird the ring removal is. SGG, you'll never know this, but for those of us who have been down this unfortunate path, no one's there to tell you if you've worn your ring. Now, I'm a, I'm a sleeper with ring. Like, so is, your, I, is it calloused in that spot where your ring was? It's it's all good now. It's all it's all clear. I look like I've never worn a ring, but okay. because like I'm not a guy who takes off my ring at night because I, I I looked at it like this. I'm not a jewelry guy. Okay, 
Me if neither. I don't get, if I don't get comfortable wearing it constantly, then I'm going to lose it. So the only approach for me when I got married was to say I'm wearing it all the time. Everywhere. Sleeping, showering, con- never comes off. And as a result, though, after six years and change, you you get divorced and you realize it's time to take the ring off. You have the indentation of the millennium on your wow. finger. So you wow. take off the ring and guess what it looks like? You're, you're still wearing a ring. Yeah. Still have a ring. So that I, part was really, really painful. So I, I mean, I mean emotionally, not physically. But SGG, it's not a time two days into the wedding to talk about what you do when you get to <laughs> right. remove your ring. <laughs> right. Now, SGG gave a beautiful, beautiful um, his his uh, vow. His vows to Crystal were beautiful, but, but they weren't enough. You guys were having a bit of an internal competition, and she she absolutely crushed you it was kind of <laughs> yeah. you know it was like you know what it was yeah. like it was sort of like cm punk and eddie kingston everyone's expecting like punk well he's the talker you know sgg's here this is what he does right and crystal really pulled an eddie kingston you know she just got in there she was comfortable and what was the line she hit what was the bar she hit that got the oh she had an ooh bar. She, she said you don't complete me you give me the room to be completely me or you allow- I was oh just like my what God. it was a it was an ooh it was a mic drop moment yeah it yeah. was my stomach was- dropped I, I was i was very emotional at that point it was it was, it was emotional. for an yeah. emotionless person i i really <laughs> yeah. it took me down to chinatown yeah <laughs> and and then sgg has a big comeback moment at the wedding when he had his dance with his mother and and SGG started crying. SGG at the wedding, he turned into like an aging Ric Flair. You know, I where did. like anything and makes him cry. Like you yeah. just, every interview, he's crying and crying. <laughs> it's true. And I'm here to tell the cheap heat audience with a tear in my eye <laughs> that it was the greatest weekend of my life. He really, he was Ric Flair. He was he. So when he started crying while dancing with his mother. Natalie and I, Natalie's filming on her phone and we are both just weeping behind the camera. Right. And I I just like, I can't believe how emotional this moment is watching SGG, this mountain of a man. Physically, I'm physically large, physically large, physically large with the physically large tears. And then SGG, I look up at Amanda, Amanda Linder. She's got a tear in her eye. And then I look over to Dipperstein and Linder, and each of them is staring at their cell phone. I think maybe on no. Rajah.com. I think they might have been going through wrestling results. No tears from the other. But when I looked around the room, SUG, you brought the house down. It was really a beautiful moment. In, in Dip and Linder's defense, their phone was the safest place to be um, during that dance because they, they might have got got to. Let me let me tell let me tell you something. It was a defense mechanism about how emotional I was. Right. I said, yes. yeah. I'm about to burst into tears. I'm I don't want the- anyone to see any weakness in me whatsoever. I'm a, yeah. I'm let a, me go take advantage in your next deal in your next negotiation. That's right. God forbid someone sees me cry. And so as a result, I said the only thing that could cheer me up, even though I'm not sad, happy tears, is to go look at wrestling rumors. 
knowing that that full gear was on the next night. I needed to know if a card would change. The card is subject to change. The card is subject to change. Smackdown was on at that moment too, right? Wasn't Smackdown starting? No, it was it was pre-Smackdown still. Pre -Smackdown. It was I checked because I was like, oh, they're reading Smackdown spoilers, but then I saw Smackdown didn't start for about 12 minutes. Um at that time. Now, by the way, speaking of uh professional wrestling, later on in this episode, as we get you ready for Survivor series and break down the card, we'll also be joined by the maybe the the most beautiful, lovely, amazing couple in all of professional wrestling. Uh, Bianca Belair and Montez Ford will join us later in the program as well. They stopped uh, stopped by earlier, so we'll talk to Montez and Bianca uh, about all things, including you know uh, SummerSlam for Bianca, a potential singles run for Montez. So we'll we'll get into all that stuff. But SGG, uh, besides your wedding, what else is going on? So before we get off the wedding, though, I do have to give my best man a, a shout out. To oh, him. my God. I forgot. How could you, how could you not we must sorry. talk about this. It was we me. I, I am so sorry. It was, it was for me uh -huh. an incredible speech. And I know I'm biased. Tiger. I chose them. I chose Tiger to be my best man. He, he knocked it out of the park. The Tiger, tiger style. His Tiger style was strong yeah. and immune to nearly yeah. any weapon. And he, he came in in another tough spot. He followed up the man of honor who killed it um, gave yeah. an incredible speech for crystal. And I thought dip and I looked at each other and we said, eh, tough night for tiger. This is going to be a tough one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I already went down to, to crystal crystal started the vows and then I, I just came up short. So, you know, for the best man to go down in the same exact spot later on in the day would have been rough. No, it would have been sad, but instead, tiger. instead, Dipperstein, do you want to describe what tiger did? Cause that was one of the biggest pops I've seen you have in some time. Well, let's just say, let me just say, there were wrestling references all over all these speeches. Yes. Okay. There was a lot of Bret Hart, best there is, best there was, best there ever will be references. Mm -hmm. There was two. There was one in Crystal's speech. And then I, 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 SGG, there was a great guy reference. It was a speech. great guy, Iman. Okay. Which was Mage. I popped big for that, obviously. Um, and then Tiger busts out what I think was maybe the best, best man speech. The most mage best man speech I've ever heard in my life. Fantastic. He's going to, I would say that. that. And what he did was he brought up a little bag with him and no, I didn't know what was in the bag. I, he, you know, I don't know what, what, what I thought was it was a snake. I, a snake. I thought it was going to be a snake. Yeah. The last time I saw a bag yeah, what, at a wedding, things went south quick. It could have been a snake. It, it was, it was a uh, very Jake esque. It was like a sack. <laughs> it was. With it a was. twisty tie that you put over your shoulder and, and <laughs> walk was. with. It was. Um, but instead, uh, towards the end of the speech, you know, he he kind of went through. He used the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be as as three chapters of the speech to sort of describe his friendship and his love for Greg, and uh, which I thought was quite beautiful. I must say, yes. very uh, like a very poetic, Mitch. very poetic, uh, you know. And at the in the last chapter of the speech, he opens up the 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 sack. The Jake Roberts sack, and in it were replica tag team title belts, and he described he and Greg as tag team champions together. And then, swerve of the sedge. Yeah. Oh my god. The man busts out a third belt. Was it a no, third it, belt? It wasn't a third belt. Oh, he okay. he relinquished. Oh, no, no, no. no, no. He takes his own belt. Yes. Title removes the belt. 
and throws it over the shoulder of the new Mrs. Stat Guy Greg Crystal. Wow. To a massive pop. Yeah. Oh, including yeah. myself, who was just going and going with emotion. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And um, I, I immediately had to run to the bar and become Dip Flair to celebrate this moment. Um, but uh, I would dip, say dip, that was the highlight pop. of that, that. You saw you, the pop. You saw my pop. Dip popped as if it was he was at a wrestling show. Like something <laughs> happened. Like he really it was a swerve. It was a legit. It when was he brought the title over. It actually accomplished what you want a great wrestling moment to accomplish. It was something. He, he took you on a on a journey, and you didn't know where it was going to end. And when it ended, he went, oh, he's giving her the title. And he, put, he went out on his back, put, yeah, put a new star over. Well, he didn't look at the lights, though. It was more like, you know, handing over the title, a la, you know, um, Becky and Asuka. But we had but a crowd. We actually big. had a crowd to pop. It was, it was fantastic. All right. So shout out to the Tiger King. All right, that was it. <laughs> to the Tiger Kick. But yeah, Fant- a great. A fantastic, a fantastic weekend had by all. And uh, now we have Mr. and Mrs. Hyde officially. I wanted SGG to lift Crystal up a la Savage and Elizabeth on the shoulder for a picture, but you know, we'll work on that. All right, you trust, SGG, what else? Trust my up? shoulders. Um, no. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So I guess outside of the ring could bleed a little bit into what happened what also happened this weekend was our our aew watch party that went oh, down yeah. in Cancun. i talked all that mess and, and still had a had a watch party in my suite but outside the ring jay lethal signed with aew he is officially all elite in the in the post show scrum he he told everybody that he requested his release from ring of honor got it Signed with AEW. Um, he will not be at Final Battle. He won't be wrapping up and doing any of those uh, festivities to close down Ring of Honor. Um, he is officially done. He is all elite. And his first match is tonight against Sammy Guevara. Oh, boy. Hey, I'm pretty mage. Pretty, pretty, pretty mage. I, I listen, Jay Lethal. He's one of the guys that you want to see get a shot somewhere, you know, and he it was it looks like it was never going to happen at WWE. We all saw how brilliant he is when he's done the flair thing and he's done the savage thing. By the way, he came out to the savage Jace music. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how I felt about that. I love well, it. But that's going to be his music. I'm guessing that's just going to be his music. I think Absolutely. so. But you don't you don't touch that. He's always touched it. It's his song. I mean, he's he was black machismo, but I mean, come on. I think that's going to be, but but as Black Machismo, his music was a version of Savage. So, yeah, but as kind of, as Jay Lethal though, he's going to have the Savage music. I don't know if I were them, I would really keep him, you know, connected to Black Machismo at all times. You know, like it doesn't mean he has to do it, but I don't mind the music because the music connotes something. What would a random, in terms of getting a little reaction, I think that was the only choice that was something that meant something. Although I still don't know why they this is how they introduce new talent. I'm still deciding how I feel about this. That like the way they introduce new talent is a specific ramp segment during pay-per-views. I don't know. I mean, I feel like NXT's face in the crowd was the was the best way to do it because you see them, you get the pop, they're in the crowd. Maybe some vignettes, some old school vignettes of like so-and-so's coming, some teasers. 
But I mean, people popped for Jay Lethal when he showed up on that ramp, though. They did. They did. And him and Sammy had a little uh, little stare down moment. And, and we'll see tonight. But listen, I hope they I hope they lean into the impressions. I hope they lean into the flair. Th- you know what I would do? I, I would probably in five minutes have him as flair managing Andrade. <laughs> it makes no sense, but it makes sense. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's what they do. That could you be know what, what I mean? Yeah. Imagine, he has a great flair him, impression. Imagine him as flair managing Andrade saying like I'm as his father-in-law, like fully owning it that he's Andrade's father-in-law. You could have a lot of fun. There's a lot of fun to be had with, with Jay Lethal. And I said this the other day, like, you know, Zach said something about like, uh, you know, he's okay, but his whole thing is is impressions. And I said, who cares what his thing is? At least he's he a has solid, a thing. He has a thing. Yeah, he like, has a thing. Yeah, he yeah, he's first of all, he's a solid in-ring performer. And if his biggest characters have been the ones that are impressions, okay, I'm fine with that. Let, let then run with that. But it, he sure as hell is is entertaining. Yeah. And so that was the big story from outside of the ring, which leads us right into AEW full gear. Did you guys get to finish the show? What do you think? What was your impressions of full gear? Look, look at you asking us. I mean, yeah, well, yeah you were there. What were your? Well, he was half watching, of course. Did you finish your SGG? I did. I saw. I, I saw the Eddie Kingston and CM Punk match, and I, I saw the say, the Hangman Adam Page and Kenny Omega match. I would say that the Hangman Page. That we all agree on one thing, or Peter, I, Peter and I agree on one thing. SUG, I assume you will too. It was a four. It was a, a four-hour-plus show, and each match was too long. That five to ten minutes too long. That yeah. said, literally, literally yeah. every match you that could get said, ninety minutes off that show. Maybe not the Punk and Kingston match. I feel like that one no, that they brawled. They brawled to yeah. just the right amount of time. Even though I think the wrong guy won, I think they they did it. They paced that one really well. Let me just say that each match was better than the next. And the Hangman Page versus Kenny Omega match is one of the best wrestling matches I have ever personally watched. Okay? If you can if you're gonna disagree with that, you're out of your mind. Oh, you you, you can't take your, that it's your opinion. <laughs> you can't take that strong a stance was, and say that someone has to agree. Now uh, by the way, I'm not I'll, saying you have to. I, I'm just it was I'm just saying I'm just speaking. I'm it just, wasn't too by the way, I'm also gonna say that one wasn't too long. I thought um, it was it was 10 false finishes. It was like, oh, my God. Yeah, okay, you could say it had too many false finishes, but length of time I looked, it was a half hour. Okay. It wasn't, it wasn't an hour. I have no problem with Omega and and um, Hangman being 30 minutes. You could you could say what you want about the false finishes, but the, the, the matches that were too long were basically the first five matches were all that were too long. The, the back end yeah. of the show was they, they couldn't go long anymore. So it ended up being <laughs> they had to tighten well it up. Done. I don't know if it's one of the greatest matches I've ever seen, but I'll tell you one thing. I immediately wanted to watch it again. I loved it. I thought they did a great, I thought they did a great job and no one in the business today, write this down, take a picture. There's not a referee in the business today who can get you with the false three count like Aubrey Edwards. She is the best in the business. She puts everything in so you truly think she's about to get it and then staves off. She's so damn good when she hit the spot where she ran down to the ring to hit the the near three count. It's it's perfection. I, I By the way, we talk about the people WWE had who they lost, and it's a shame. How about Aubrey Edwards? She should not have been gone from WWE. 
She's like actually someone who I think is a ref makes the product better. She's that damn good. Which Anyways. is very rare. You do not get refs that make the product better very often. Once a generation, do you have a ref? Dude, you she's know? gonna Aubrey is going yeah. to be the ref of this generation. She's for going sure. to be you, for sure. You have the Hebners who were part you were who were, you know, not necessarily part of storylines at the beginning, you know, when they were first starting out and then became in the attitude era, they became something a little bit more than they were. But you have the Hebners, you have Nick Patrick. And you have Aubrey. <laughs> Those well, are, you can't, you can't wait, skip Mike Kyoto. Lil Nate erases. And Lil Nate. Is, you can't skip Mike Kyoto. Oh, Lil Nate. I forgot about Lil Nate. I wouldn't say Mike Kyoto mattered that much, frankly. No, no. He, he, no, he was a great ref, so though. He was a great, great ref. ref. He, he, he was wasn't somebody ref. who was involved in storylines, but he was a great ref in the way that you're talking about Aubrey Edwards being a great ref. Okay. Yes. That's and fair. I think I think she's just she just made that mat. When she, once she was in it, I was like, oh, this is even better. It felt bigger when she was there. Um, it was fantastic. That I, I really... I really, really enjoyed it. I thought they didn't like they had a bunch of opportunities to sort of where you, you know, of course, every match does where you risk momentum, you risk something not going quite right. I feel like they hit absolutely everything. I loved the moment at the end where where Hangman's looking at the Bucks and the Bucks sort of don't get in the way and let it go. I thought it was sort of like what's happening here. Actually interesting. Uh, my only regret, and SGG, I'd love your take on it too. My my only regret about this title change is that considering how long this story's been going, I felt that the last few months, while everyone's been talking about it as if it's so great because it's existed for a long time, I didn't think the actual execution leading up to this was that great. But I thought the match itself was fantastic, and now they're in Virginia, right? They're in Hangman's neck of the woods for his first dynamite as champion. Mwah! Beautifully done. Let, let me just say that this this next like six months or three to six months for me is going to be the test to whether Hangman Page can be seen as a super like a like a, the ultimate like a superstar in a real way with the title, and he'll be the key, he'll be the, the guy, he'll be the top guy at, on AEW TV for the next three to six months. I think this is really the proving ground for him to see, yes, he'll defend the title, yes, he'll be he'll put on great matches, but can he carry an interesting story? Can he, you know, um, can he really speak to the crowd as the champion? Will he, will he drop the title right away again to Kenny? Will they go back and forth? I, I'm interested and curious to see what they do with Hangman as the champion because oh, you know how I feel about him. I think he's a he has the well, potential to be a. But this is a tough. Star. This is a tough standard to hold him to because I don't think they've done a stupendous job with anyone as champion. If I'm being totally honest, I don't think they have. I think I Mox. Think, they think they did. They did really well with Mox. They let him lean into his crazy a little bit more than he did on WWE. It wasn't. He was. He, I don't think I've ever seen full psycho. Mox or Ambrose, but I think they let him be a little bit more of that. No, he was better. He was better as Mox than he had been as Ambrose, and I enjoyed it. I just don't know that I ever felt the stories with him as champion kept me. They were never so far. When I watch their pay-per-views, it's rarely the AEW champions match that I'm most excited for. That's what I mean. In, in terms of the storyline. Uh, yes, I'm more excited for other stories on their pay-per-views than the champion stories. So, SGG, what did you think of uh, of the title match? I, I, I agree with you. I think that partially because he probably took that that break to to go be there for the birth of his son and and so many things that like the home stretch, the the actual win didn't feel 
as momentous as and maybe that's partly because two fans put a lot of pressure on it that we knew it was coming and it was supposed to be you know this great thing so it's probably our fault for letting the anticipation beat out what was actually happening but it just didn't feel as as um it felt a little bit underwhelming i think is the right word for me to use there now in terms of what he's going to do as champion I, i feel like i'm leaning in with dip a little bit in that because of where the bar is, he's going to probably be one of the better AEW champions um, that we've seen. Because even a guy like Kenny Omega, you know, me and you, Rosenberg, we talked about this on the show before where we feel like he wasn't as explosive and he lost a little bit from what he had in Japan. And now it's coming out that he had vertigo, vertigo, excuse me, he was dealing with all these injuries. So I kind of feel a little bit bad for pointing it out because he was dealing with things that we as fans didn't find out until... A couple of days ago, we were right. He did lose something, but it wasn't just like a a laziness or anything. Like it was it was real medical issues that he was dealing with while he was trying to carry this title, carry this company. And so if Hangman doesn't have to deal with that, and he can get some fresh and impo- fresh opponents and mix it up, he can probably be, like Dip said, one of the best champions they've had so far. Who do we who do we think is next? It's not going to be Kenny now because of the injury. Who do we think is going to be next for Hangman is over like Rover as a as a face. Who do we think is going to be a, a a solid challenger heel for him going forward? Miro. I feel like they built Miro up hmm. to be one of the top heels that they have. I don't know about that. Maybe. Who else? Maybe American top team could set their sights on him and then have him run a sort of a, a gauntlet where he Maybe. just goes through everybody. And Dan Lambert is somebody. The, what's going to be the big title match next with him for him? You mean the next pay per view? Yeah. Well, that depends on the story, right? We can we can't just drop a name because if we just drop a name without the story, the the world title needs the story, right? Like even with him getting this title from Kenny Omega, they were tag team champions together. Kenny betrayed him, and all of that built into the story that got him right here. So sort the next like match going with that, it's to me, it sort of feels like you have to kind of keep going with Kenny. I don't. How does Kenny not get his shot back? Like I, I sort of. Feel like they have to keep going a little further i think with what we found out recently it's a little bit dangerous to give kenny that championship that like he was dealing with vertigo and then he when he's in the ring everything starts spinning and he can't turn his neck a certain way and like he needs he needs to get medical help first before we do that and i think keeping them away from each other well, are they saying he's gonna go away is that a thought that he's gonna go away for a while i don't they haven't said but i mean if it were me i would let him go away for a little while and let it breathe a little bit to where he can come he can come back because they now they have a thing where they can always push and pull right for as long as they need to it doesn't have to be kenny omega every month it can be kenny omega every six months every eight months and they do like these short feuds and do that and use that tension in a way that works for them so i don't think they need to go right back to him especially with with what we learned this weekend well i'll tell you what i think the most interesting thing would be i think the most interesting thing would be to get cm punk away from this sort of like generic good guy punk and have him become a full-blown a-hole and have punk say enough is enough. I'm going for the title and have punk and page. Um, now I, I know that's probably too soon because you don't want page to lose the title quickly. We've learned they don't do title changes quickly on this show. So it probably won't happen. But in terms of what I think would be the most interesting, I don't know how many times Punk is going to keep having month-long stories with people, you know, where it's just like a month of, I want to challenge you because I remember you. 
you know, I I, I don't know. Shouldn't Punk want the title? He's, do you he's think they lean in? Do you think they lean into the fans turning on Punk a little bit because he got booed during that match with Eddie Kingston and he ended up he ended up on top? But do you think that would be enough for him to just be like, I've I've tried to do the right thing and show you love back, and then this is what I get. He's Punk is a heel in real life. So I, I don't think turning <laughs> right. him heel is a hard thing. He His fans don't realize this, but he is. A, he is can a, I say? It, let me say something here. Can I say something? What I'm observing you here. Say, let me say something here. Like, this is a big setup for you. Go ahead. You better I'm make sensing, it. I, I'm sensing something with SGG. What do you mean? Sounds like he's like an AEW. No, I'm he's, being respectful. I'm being respectful. He's tolerating. I think you're interested. You. He's. Be, I'm being respectful. There's something going on, believe me. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED highlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Well, let's talk about something we know SGG will be actually interested in, and that would be Survivor Series, which is this Sunday. And I figure we'll talk through this last week's of uh, uh, last week of television through the Survivor Series card. SGG, do you have the Survivor Series card in front of you? Um, I do not. I do not, but I can get it right now. Um, we know the big matches, though. They're definitely doing the champion versus champions matches which they talked about so we're gonna see the usos versus rk bro we're gonna see nakamura versus damian priest charlotte and becky which i'm not gonna lie that's the one i'm looking forward to isn't Even it more isn't so it, than oh, Roman? Oh, charlotte, and we'll get to charlotte and becky that that's clearly the money to me that's the money match of the that weekend is. but um doesn't it seem so weird i keep feeling so weird that when the usos are sitting there you know beating up Big E, right? And Big E's fighting back with the Usos. But then the Usos match is with RK Bro. Doesn't all the way add up to me. I wish, I don't know why. I guess they're just hooked on the champion versus champion. But guys, it looks like every part of them wanted to do Bloodline versus New Day. Yeah. It just feels like this should have been. Roman and the Usos and someone else, maybe their maybe their cousin in NXT, or just a straight up six man. Yeah, I would have done. I would have done Bloodline versus New Day. 
Bloodline versus New Day main event. I think that could have main evented Survivor Series. Easily. Easily. Whether it's with elimination or not. So instead now, instead now what you get is Big E versus Roman. For, not for titles, right? Yeah, it's just the champion versus champion. So like those champion versus champion matches, the reason it makes Becky and Charlotte is that but they have all this real life drama going on, including yeah. that awkward title exchange from a month ago. So Charlotte I have to say so loaded. I have to say too, we call Vince a madman. We call Vince out of touch. But a thing that he has been doing for as long as I've been alive that I will always love is he sits in gorilla and he sees two people walk to the back and have real tension. And he says, well, I hope you don't hate each other too much because you're working the next three months or whatever it is. He did it with Brett and Sean. He did it with Rock and Triple H, Hogan Savage. And now we get, we, I think it was Sasha and Charlotte maybe had some of this a little a few years back. Oh, definitely. And now we get it again. Oh, Matt Hardy Edge. And now we get it again with Becky and Charlotte. And I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. Vince, well, no, it's, don't it's, ever change. Yeah, I mean, some could argue that it's sick and demented, um, but from an entertainment, <laughs> I would agree with them. <laughs> from an entertainment standpoint, you really it, it it's true, and I'm sure in this case, you know, Vince McMahon is not sitting around observing who gets along with who anymore, but certainly he has writers that are, and can tell them, yeah. here's what people <laughs> yeah. are saying, here's what's going on, and he can go, and when people it, are throwing, sounds good. And when people are throwing titles at each other, I mean, it's not hard for him to realize. True. True. There's a little bit of tension here. So that that to me is the money of the weekend. But it but it sort of overshadows Big E and Roman. I, I'd put I put Charlotte and Becky last, don't you? Yeah, a- absolutely. Absolutely. And Big E and Roman are fine. Roman Roman's going to do the Tonight Show tonight. Big E's been all over the place. I think he was front row at the Barclays last last night. Those guys are fine. You can always capitalize on some mainstream press and get those guys to pull in some casuals. But for in the arena and what people want, you need something that delivers that too. And I'm not saying that Roman and Big E can't go because they can. Otherwise, they wouldn't be in the spots that they are in. But Charlotte and Becky is that blood feud that keeps the wrestling fans in there. I got to tell you, I um, I I went on the uh, homepage, just the WWE.com page <clears throat> this morning, um, just to see if I missed anything. Because it's the from first the homepage you go to every morning. Keep going. No, we are. and uh, and I saw that like <laughs> that one of the one of the first things when you scroll down is like Roman. Obviously, this is mage and you know a wonderful thing, but it's just so it's just so crazy. Like they had him. Uh, he won some award for all the make a wishes that he does, and it like had him smiling with a SmackDown shirt on. <laughs> and it's just like, <laughs> man, times have changed. It's like, can you imagine in the '80s and '90s if they had that? You know, like they would never show that. But, uh, <laughs> Bobby, Bobby, Bobby Heenan doing make a wishes. Yeah, I mean, it's just you know, obviously, it's a wonderful thing that he does. No, but and, but, but and, let's but know. but let's okay, right. let's let's be fair, let's be realistic about it though. Why do they? I, I, I see it right now. Roman Reigns named a recipient of 2021. Uh, Chris Greekus or, or Gra- Gracious Award. I don't want to mess that up. I apologize. For celebrity wish granting from Make-A-Wish. 
and it's in the WWE community section. And it's a ways down the page, but not that far down the page. Yeah, I, I would have liked to at least seen him with like a like a scowl on his face in the picture. <laughs> well, that doesn't make any sense. But here's my question. The chief loves the kids. Why, why don't they yeah. just I just don't understand why it has to be on their front facing website. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's just, like. Hey, dead. Send it out as a press. They have a corporate website. Yeah, they have you, a corporate, have a corporate website, corporate website and you have press releases. Like, do you need to put it? What fan enjoys that? Like, even the Make-A-Wish kids who themselves wanted wishes granted from Roman Reigns, do they even enjoy seeing that? Like, it just doesn't really serve a purpose. Are there kids in the picture with him? One kid. Yeah. Maybe that maybe that kid is, He's is loving being on the front page of WWE.com. I, I, I would be psyched to see Roman. Yeah, exactly. You know, listen, but, you know, it's just like, you know, it's just, it's just like it's a different, you know, it's a different world now. It just is. You but know. At, although at the same time, I wonder, you know, yes, they have a corporate website and they have this website. But who who really engages with companies, main websites these days anyway? I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like that's a good question. Like I, most most fans interact with social media anyway. They don't even really sit there and be like I'm going to go to the website and read through the articles. Don't tell it, it don't just, tell Zach Linder he used to work for dot com. But I just think, oh he did. But he worked there at a time when they probably got way more traffic. Would be my guess actually. My issue is just the entire like, and this is I'm just stating the obvious for all the fans, and I, I feel like I you know all the peckerheads everyone agrees with me. I know you guys do. Don't don't be so sure. Why not? Why not? You why is there this disconnect? between the writing and the presentation and the storylines between what Survivor Series, the purpose of what Survivor Series is supposed to be and what it has become. No one cares about Raw versus SmackDown. It doesn't mean anything. It's not part of anything. It's random. How do they not realize that using the gimmick of Survivor Series to further the bloodline versus the New Day or do further feuds in general, like they used to do back in the day, is a more effective usage of Survivor Series. The when they they announced like I, I, I hated that segment on SmackDown when Sonya announced all like the team of the of the the, the the women's division team. Yeah, because like they were they were cheering Natalia, they were booing Shayna Baszler. It's like why do these people even want to be standing next to each other right now? It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. The brand loyalty is ridiculous. They just did a draft a month, two months ago. They, you know, these people are not supposed to be standing in the ring together. Kayfabe is dead. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I, I, I think this is a, p- a place where we'll be in lockstep. I don't understand either. If listen, if you want to get rid of Survivor Series, get rid of Survivor Series. If you're not interested in doing that sort of thing, okay, you can move on and not have to have it as a pay per view. But if you're going to have it as a pay per view. Yeah, I don't. We said this last week and I'll say it again. Those matches now will be arguably the least cared about matches on the entire Survivor Series card. Like, and I for sure. And listen, for a long time, going back 20 years, right? Like, you know, when Brett, Brett and Sean was Survivor Series 97, right? We don't remember what the Survivor Series matches were from that show. We remember (laughs) Brett versus Sean. I understand that. But to the point, dip is making this year it was custom made it was just sitting there like new day and bloodline was just sitting there and it would have been so much better than a non-title match between biggie and roman and frankly it may, you're almost wasting biggie and roman 
Like, just keep them apart for now. Let them continue to grow until they have a a meaningful match. But I don't, I don't, I don't get it either. SGG. I agree with you guys like 90, 98. All right. It's a big 2% though. The captain of each team used to have a major feud. You know, it's true. Each captain would have a feud. It's true. Hold, but let me, before you rebut, at least hear what you're, what you're arguing against. I agree with you guys that the brand loyalty doesn't make any sense. And yes, the bloodline and the new day thing was sitting right there for them to use the only, the only 2%. And it's really an insignificant 2% in the, in the grand scheme of things is that they have used these matches to, to further some storylines, but they aren't, they aren't big major main event storylines. Like, the Shotzi and Sasha, can they get along thing they're doing on SmackDown? Naomi being completely left out of the match because Sonya Deville is getting more drunk with power is a thing that they've been they've been talking about. But it's another minor storyline. Bobby Lashley going on a tirade, beating people's kids up, kids and fathers now. It's just no no parent combination is safe with Bobby Lashley is a thing they've been doing, but it's not a major storyline. So they, they have been trying to infuse some storylines into it, but I think I think it lost a lot by just being announced on Twitter. And even with them announcing the teams on Twitter and then tweaking it in the lead up to the show, it hasn't been enough to to take away from that. They could have done they could have done more of this on TV. There's just no stakes. To help it doesn't it along. Each now if the last three weeks on TV Agreed. Three, four weeks on TV, they're like half the show is about who's going to be on the team and who's going to be off the team and taking people on the team and off the team. It doesn't make who cares who's on the team and what's not. There's, there's no stakes. There's no titles up for grabs. It doesn't make a difference. It's just they don't explain to you what the stakes are for having people on and off the team. It doesn't. I mean, there's, there's never any stakes. Wrestler. It doesn't put you in a, posi- a title. It doesn't put you in a, in a, in a title position. So it what, never did. Huh? It never did. There was never any stakes with the Survivor Series stuff. Like they had their feuds and all that, but there was never. Wait, remember, we had a good idea for this though a couple years ago. Remember, we had that the Survivor Series. Didn't we have like Survivor Series? The ult, the Survivors would have a match. Well, that was nineteen ninety. No, 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 no. But, but that it would, it would lead, lead to the winner. Was, they would get the thirty spot. The, the winner Rumble. of that got the thirty spot in the Rumble. Was the idea? We had. Oh, okay. That's something. But but let me just say let me just say one thing. The reason why you're saying I'm just going to rebut what SGG just said. Years ago, there were no stakes. But the presentation was so scarce back then of having the main roster guys wrestle each other on pay-per-views that seeing all these superstars on one card together wrestling each other was in and of itself an event. Because all you saw during the week on Wrestling Challenge, on Superstars, on the Saturday morning shows, and throughout the week, primetime, were just the main roster guys versus jobbers. And so to see them just, all come together on a pay-per-view was already an event, and it was so many of them, and it was all of them. And so it was exciting to see the poster of all the wrestlers going to be that were going to be on teams together and wrestling each other, the faces and heels. Now we see these people wrestle every single week. You know, No, I'm with you. I don't disagree with that. Those what were the what I disagreed with. Yeah, what I disagreed with, though, is when you mentioned, like, no titles are up for grabs and things like that in the Survivor Series matches, and they never were. No, I, I know. Nobody no nobody like, came out as number one contender because of a Survivor Series match. It was just I know, the my feuds point that they went that, in with were the feuds that they left out with. My, I know. My, my, my point was that, you know, you could see 
you know, big, you could see feuds further during old Survivor, the old classic Survivor Series matches. And that, that was really. How about this? They're, the, doing, the they're doing something at least with the Aaliyah being introduced to the SmackDown women's team and then being pulled off the team. It's an introduction to her the, character. I guess. I mean, although I, I will point out, though, in that segment, Sasha Banks got a massive pop when she came in. She still gets a ma- she still gets a mage pop every time. She's popping and popping. Well, hundred <laughs> percent. With with Sasha, the the hardest the hardest thing about Sasha is just knowing exactly what to do with her, so you get the most from her. You know what I mean? Like she. You know, we say some people are real life heels and some people are real life baby faces. And if you lean into that, you generally do success. How about this? I think Sasha's a real life tweener. <laughs> I think yeah, she yeah. is. She is. I think and I think she's a real life tweener, like depending what day you catch her on is what you might get. And I think we get that with her as a performer. So sometimes she works really well as a baby face and sometimes she works really well as a heel. It sort of depends, you know, um, but like, let me just back in the old days. Oh God! Charlotte. You sound like you know what you're like. You know what you're like. You're like the people who call my the K show and go. I've been a Yankee fan since 1967. I, I mean, good. I respect about, those people. But how long can we talk about Survivor <laughs> Series from 90? It hasn't been that version of Survivor Series. I'll complain a little bit, but let's be realistic. You want to go back and watch Survivor Series that were great. They were great in 97, 98, 99, 2000, 2001, all great Survivor Series, and they still had very little connection to the original Survivor Series. No, I know. Series. The last year was also, 97. Really. Is, that what, is, that, is that what year shirt you're wearing, by the way? I think it's 93. That's 93. It's a gorgeous. It's oh, yeah, that's the art. turkey. That's the that's the foreign fanatics. Yeah, this is a beautiful, beautiful garment. I love that wearing. team, by the way. Yokozuna on the on the table. Um, you got uh, Yoko. Wait, where's Yoko? No, Yoko's He's in the, the turkey. The He'll see team. the... Oh, Yoko. No, he's the turkey. Yeah, he's the turkey. Oh, Yoko's the turkey they're about to eat. But how do we know he's the turkey? Look at the look at what the turkey's wearing. Oh, the turkey's wearing a sumo thing. Oh, that's that's mage. Um, Somewhere between mage and offensive. And oh, then you have the Steiners, Luger, Undertaker. I get. Here's what I'll say. I guess Becky's the face in that match. They're both heels. I don't know what the what it is, but in the old days, it would have been Becky fronting a team, and it would have been Charlotte fronting a team. And then they would have had their heels and faces, you know, blah, 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 blah. But like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's I, what I would have liked to have seen. I agree. Listen, we I, I think we all agree with that. There's, there would have been because then you can forward the storyline of Becky and Charlotte while also utilizing other talent and further other storylines as well. It's a nice as you get ready for WrestleMania season. It's a good way to give a lot of people some juice. And instead, you don't really get that. So let's. Let's uh, before we get to mailbag and black power rankings and the interview with Montez and Bianca, we here's what we have. Um, are you guys ready? So wait, we have a we now have a seven team interbrand tag team battle royal. I didn't know that. That's fun. That's possibly that's possibly there to break the tie, right? Because they have the four champion versus champion but, matches. But when did this get announced? I didn't. I didn't see it announced. I'm not gonna lie. I didn't either. Hold on. It's on the. It's on the. Um, they just should have done a big Survivor Series tag team match like they used to. There, there's nothing. Oh, there was nothing cooler than that. I used to love those back in the day. They only did it two years. So is is this not? I, can one of you guys find out if this is illegitimate? SGG. It says. It says that now. On this podcast. Can we ask him? 
No, there's a SGG. Stat guys, stat guys retired. There's a SGG. <laughs> oh, you wait. Now you're taking stat out of your name altogether, so your brand you're doesn't even fired, have to right? resemble. Yeah, it's like when Tri- listen. It's Triple like- H is no longer the blue blood. He's just Triple H. Well, he's not Hunter Hearst Helmsley. But it's like it's like when Kentucky, a reference that you'll truly appreciate as a man who loves chicken. It's like when Kentucky Fried Chicken said, "No, no, we're KFC. We're KFC exactly." <laughs> so, so if you can find out though, I did not know about the that. But interbrand, the seventeen interbrand tag team match. It does not appear to be on WWE.com. All right, so maybe that's happening, and maybe that's not. Uh, I guess we'll- so. We'll ke- we can treat it as it as not happening because it's not on dot com. So let's let's leave that off for now, and maybe by then you'll know that this is happening or not. So we have Team Raw, which is Seth, Finn, KO, Lashley, and Austin Theory. This is really going to be one remembered for the ages with MVP versus Team SmackDown of Drew, Jeff Hardy, King Woods. Happy Corbin and TBA with Madcap Moss, of course, with Happy, <laughs> Happy Corbin. I mean, yeah. And uh, you, you then have Team Raw, Bianca, Rhea, Liv, Carmella, Zelina versus Sasha, Shayna, Zelina, Natalia, and yeah, you're right, Queen Zelina. I apologize. Natalia and TBA. Um, Basically, all of those stories are just going to be, you know, it's all just internal beefs that are happening during those matches. Cool. You're not. Yeah, that's all that exists, really, is internal feuds. Becky versus Charlotte, which we've talked about a lot of. I, I've always gotten the impression. I, I I tell this story later in the interview that um, with Montez and Bianco. So I'll tell you guys right now. I was in at the pay-per-view a couple of months ago. I got to tell you, there was a moment when I was in makeup and like all the women from the pay-per-view were there and there was just so much. I just felt so much different weirdness going on. <laughs> it's just for me back there. And Becky and Charlotte also. were both there and it definitely felt weird. You know, there's there's a lot of. Oh, that kind of weirdness. Yeah, just weirdness. There just wasn't. You know, like Bianca, Bianca seemed like completely good with everybody and she was just Bianca. But then. Felt like there was a lot of tension that exists, and you're I I that's why this pay per view is to me a very real thing. Like this to me is this is what you want to see in wrestling. You want to see people yeah. have to blur this line where you're not exactly sure what's what. There's something going on. Shout out to Vince for for always being willing to go to that well. well listen, <laughs> but that's what makes these people so great. To be honest, is there's always going to be times when there are people with issues. But the fact is, they're able to professionally have these matches. I mean, think about it. The two moments that have been crazy recently, Charlotte and Nia, was a moment in which it seems like things actually boiled over and were not good. Yep. And then Charlotte and Becky in the title exchange. Yep. Which is which I was going to say, can they always be professional? I mean, and Charlotte is the common denominator in that. But also, God, I, really I kind of like want them to not be all the way professional. Let's be honest; those are the two most entertaining things I've seen: that, that, the fist you know fight what? and the titles throwing. That is a really I mean, good point. Is like, yes, you want everyone to always remain professional, but at the same time, as long as they're not being intentionally dangerous, that's all. That's the that's right. the only thing. Throwing a title Listen, is whatever. Give me that two percent of unprofessionalism, and then. Just two percent. Just two percent. Just just my two percent again. Just another two percent. 
keep it 98% professional and just give me the 2%. Um, so Becky and Charlotte, of course, which we think should be going last. Big E versus Roman. Title versus title, but no title on the line. RK Bro, the Raw Tag Team Champions against the Usos, uh, the Tag Team Champions. That'll be a fabulous match. Looking forward to that match. Um, and then Damian Priest versus versus Shinsuke Nakamura. Okay. Now, one of the things that's important for everyone to know here is after the pay-per-view on Sunday night, I'm going to be speeding home. Uh, not literally. I'll safely get home, but I will be rushing home because we are doing a live green room Sunday night. So if you want, do we know, SGG, do you know everyone who's in the green room? I believe right now it's you, David Shoemaker, and Evan Mack confirmed for the green room. Possibly some SGG, possibly some Kaz, possibly some Dip, some special guests. Okay. I don't okay. know. But you, Shu, and Mack are confirmed for the green room. So, uh, so these green rooms are supposed to be a thing. So you need to go download the Spotify green room app. And we go live right like a few minutes after the pay-per-view ends. So basically, it's a, it'll be a live breakdown of what we see at Survivor Series. God, we're bringing people a lot of content, SGG. Am I right? Yeah, I mean, but that's what they want. That's what they want. They want more. They want more us. And we've never, never not given the people what they want. They want more coffee creamer, too. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Mail. Joe writes us. Sweet Pete, the physically eloped stat guy Greg, and Mr. International Delight himself, Dip. First and foremost, congrats on the new, new, new era and the Ringer crossover. Too early to suggest a new shirt? Instead of going and going and going, it should be ringing and ringing and ringing. <laughs> I'm, not sure. I'm not sure about that, Joe. I'm here to tag with Dip in the stance that flavored coffee creamer, specifically International Delight, is just straight up splendid. No one. Not one person in their right mind drinks, let alone enjoys black coffee. Even you slipped up a few weeks ago talking about catering and how you add extra available creamer to your iced coffee. Regardless, Dip, I'm on your side. Coffee creamers will forever be going and going and pouring and pouring in my house. The attached photo is of my latest pickup, the Holiday Buddy the Elf edition Frosted Sugar Cookie Creamer. Uh, Hashtag Peckerhead for Life. Congrats, SGG. <laughs> Thank you. This Thank guy you. Thank you. clearly knows what he's talking about. Clearly, clearly is a clearly. genius. And uh, I think he also DM'd me and, and sent me a picture of uh, of this. What is it? Sugar? What is it? It's sugar cookie? Yeah. Well, holiday sugar cookie. Yeah, sugar cookie. It sounds made. Who does it? If you don't like if you don't like sugar cookies, there's something wrong with you. Okay. Let me just say that. Wow. And now, to have that the, flavor in your coffee, it sounds like quite the delight. Now, our our producer, Troy, just chimed in and says, I drink coffee black, dark roast too. There, I said it. So this is important. You think you know people. This is what's important to understand about Troy, 
who drinks black coffee. He has nothing in his life. He has no furniture. He has no clothes. <laughs> He's a minimalist. A legitimate, real-life minimalist. Let, let's ask him right now. Hold on. Hey Troy, how much um, how much furniture? Coming how in. much furniture do you have right now, Troy? Uh, I've got this little desk that I have because ergonomics are important. You know, my health is very important, so go. I got to have good posture. Okay. Other than that, uh, I have a bed that came in a box, and so I fold it up in the box whenever I move. I did in the first two years of my professional career sleep on an air mattress by choice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you have a do you have a couch? And, uh, do you have a couch in your apartment? I do. So I move, I move from place to place. I get all these things on Facebook Marketplace. Then I leave said place and sell. Facebook Marketplace is uh, the great resource for me. So like I basically rent things. So you, so you currently have a couch. Do you have a kitchen table? Yes. A very, very small one. But yes. You have He's got everything. He's got everything. He's, he's not minimalist. He's got everything. What about how many, how many utensils? How many utensils do you have right now? Uh, I have three spoons, three forks, three knives, three plates, and I go crazy on coffee mugs because I love my black coffee. I have four. The man's wow. living a very full life. I don't understand yeah, the criticism. No. Also, perfect number of utensils. You don't need you don't need all that many people in your space, man. There's only three you could eat. Everybody else figure it out. I have so. Let me tell you, I live alone. I'm people. single. Whatever. I have more flatware than you could ever imagine. I don't even know what to do. I throw it out. I saw, look at all these forks. Listen, I throw out forks. I, I don't even know. Listen, what to listen. Do. one day when you guys get to hang out with Troy in person and you really start asking him about his minimalist life, it's truly unbelievable though. The guy really does. I'm surprised he said he had that much. He truly has nothing. So he when you like hear someone who cabinetry earlier when he was uh, testing the, the volumes, beautiful cabinetry, a nice kitchen island. There was a, yeah, nice, was a nice place. Listen, this this Spotify deal might have changed. Troy. No, He's no, I, a little I, bit. Listen, yeah. trust me, trust me when I tell you, the man has almost nothing. Let's let's ask more question. <laughs> it's a full Troy, extra set of Troy, how many um, how many shirts? Do you know like plates. how many how many actual clothing items you own? Uh, yeah. So I mean, shirts and hoodies wise, probably in the twelve to fifteen range. I own like three or four pairs of pants. You need more pants. Uh, you need a few more pairs of yeah. pants. I oh my god! I completely disagree. I think three or four pants is way three. That's is way more normal than twelve to fifteen shirts. You don't wash pants. Either, I have, by the way, I have, have five hundred ties. How many ties do you have there, Troy? Zero. I don't wear ties. Okay. How many different? How many pairs of shoes you got? Um, I think I have like five. Five. Oh, Troy's a sneakerhead. <laughs> 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 oh my god in other words my wrestling wardrobe alone crushes his entire wardrobe almost i almost have his sneakers yeah. sug i almost have as many wrestling sneakers as he has total shoes all right let's keep going here <laughs> mail wow episode two and people are already getting quite a long episode uh this is from brian congratulations on the new 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 era of cheap I have loved your show from the original Shoemaker days, and I'm glad you can snag some of that ringer level money. I was a little dismayed last week when you were dismissive or derisive, he says, I'm sorry, about the Bianca Belair dewdrop feud. My sense, my sense is that you felt this was beneath Bianca. 
I gently disagree for two reasons. One, I've watched a lot of Dewdrop slash Piper Niven matches over the years, and she's a very talented wrestler. I think she gives WWE a lot of the same things that Nia Jax did without all the Nia Jax baggage. Um, two, if Bianca Belair is as good as we think she is, and she is terrific, then she will need to show she can elevate talent around her, even if her opponent is currently in the middle of the card. Becky Lynch will need to do the same with Liv Morgan. I think Bianca needs to be able to show she can bring talent up to her level. Dewdrop is a very capable wrestler, so she seems like a good choice to try this out on. Regardless, I love the show and hope the partnership with The Ringer is long and lucrative. Stay mage, Brian Goodchild. Brian, I can't argue with you because I already came to agree with you over this last week. And in fact, you'll hear me talk about Dewdrop in just a few minutes with Bianca Belair because I, the second I saw week two of Bianca and Dewdrop, I instantly was like, oh, Dewdrop is already elevating because she's near Bianca Belair. It's working. And I, I totally agree with you. And frankly, it's good for everybody. Separating Bianca and Becky, instead of looking at it as a down thing, you know, a, a negative, you now get to see Dewdrop elevated and Liv Morgan elevated. So I'm with you. I was going to say about Dewdrop, I have no issue with Dewdrop either. I like to Dewdrop needs a gimmick. Um, well, it seems like it's starting. It seems like it seems like she's just turning into the character now she's supposed to be. Okay, let's That's see what, what happens in the next few weeks. Liv Morgan did also. You see her, did you see her wearing, did you see Dewdrop wearing normal clothes last week? Yeah. Like she came out not dressed like a weirdo character. I, I like, like she I like came that. out looking like a human being. And like, yeah. I, I got to tell you, like, I don't know. There's like, a, there's when she dressed up in regular clothes, it made her look like a lot more of a legit badass. I thought so. I'm excited to see. Listen, you guys already know my only issue with Dewdrop at this point is the name Dewdrop, which yeah, I'm never that, probably that's ridiculous. Go. That's got to go. I'm on. never. It's never going to grow. It's you. ever going to grow. It's bad. It's weird. Uh, I don't even know what it is. I, is saying it. I just always feel. I don't. Yeah, I don't know what I'm saying. I don't. It I'm not into work. it. But, but I think. But I. But I am excited to see what what could happen here. So you're right. I think I prematurely jumped. You know what? Just listen. Bianca says something on this in terms of her view of where she is right now that I think might surprise you. Okay. I, I think can't we wait all, I think we all assume that wrestlers always want to be competing for the title at all times and listen to what Bianca has to say. I think it might, <laughs> it might surprise you. What I'll all say right, about Liv keep... Morgan male. Go ahead. What I just want to say about Liv Morgan is that I've, I've always been a Liv Morgan fan, but I hope that she is allowed to grab the brass ring. Like we know that she wants to do. It's obvious. That's what she's after. And <laughs> excuse me, if she's allowed to do some fun, hardcore stuff and really put her body on the line in that ring, um, I, I think you're going to, you know, I, I think she's going to succeed. But if she's just there as a placeholder, it's never going to happen for Liv. And I think, by the way, I think this is Liv's shot to grab that brass ring if they, you know, can. Oh, if she's it. ever going to get one. I would think it's now. It's now. It's we now. just got an email right now. We need John. Nia Jax to elbow her in the face and have her bleed so that people yeah. start liking her. We, we have a, an email that just came in from Jonathan. Hey, your majesty and the greatest 24-7 champion of all time. Quick hot take for you and the boys to discuss. Xavier Woods, a.k.a. Austin Creed, will be a bigger mover of the proverbial needle for G4 than CM Punk is or ever will be for AEW. King Woods is operating on such a high level. I see him as a main event guy in WWE and the face of an entire new network in G4. Dude is unstoppable. Thank you for the show each week and continue to 
enjoy yourself. So if I could jump in here, that's that's it was sent in as a scorcher of a take, but it's lukewarm at best, right? And here's why. Xavier Woods could take G4 from zero to, let's say, zero to 60, right? Like that. And yes, that is going to be a bigger needle move than what CM Punk has been doing for AEW, which was taking them from 80 to 90. That extra 10 miles doesn't mean much, but G4 is coming from the basement. AEW has already had momentum, and CM Punk just added to that momentum. So, yeah. Woods is going to move the needle a little bit more. But, I mean, CM Punk did what he was supposed to do for AEW so far. He didn't take them to smack down Roman Reigns levels that they have right now. But they're not it's not. Off. I agree with you, SGG. It's not a hot, scorching take. It's an interesting thought, though, to think about just how mage Xavier Woods is. And I didn't even realize yeah. that this G4 the- relaunch was happening. What a perfect job for him that is. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Especially, you know, with all the up, up, down, down stuff that he was doing. I don't know what's what's happening with that right now, but he had a great perfect for him. It doesn't, also, he doesn't need up, up, down, down anymore. If he just got the gig hosting a show on like the, one of the main shows on the relaunch of a network, that's all he needs. Well, let me tell you <laughs> right. about um, he, he, exactly. seemed, he seemed awesome in the ring with Roman on Sunday. It seemed like a real match. Like it seemed like I mean, he, he seemed like Friday. he was a competitor Friday. to Roman. It felt good. Yeah, and I was I was telling Crystal that too. It's just like Roman sort of has the perfect build for a wrestler, and now I can see why Vince chose him as as the guy because Woods is significantly smaller than Roman, but Roman has just the right size to where he can beat on Woods and look believable, but also he could take a beating from Woods and I, looks believable. Yeah. And then on the flip side, if you got a guy like the Big Show or Brock. Same thing. Roman could take a beating from those guys and it looks believable. And he could beat on them and it looks believable. No, so he's, he's perfect. Like, and he's physically sort of perfect. Yeah. Size wise. Size wise. He is perfect. Male. Hey, you guys discussed WrestleMania last week. Got me thinking. Does WWE have a bit of an identity crisis with their biggest pay-per-view of the year? Matt asks. The WWE has taken steps to appeal to a more broad audience and mania in particular seems built for a more casual audience. And yet. Spans roughly seven hours across two nights. Isn't that kind of counter to what they're trying to accomplish? I'm having a hard time believing you've got a strong contingency of casual fans ready to block off an entire weekend in April. I, I it's a, it's an int- that's a very interesting point. As, but the counterpoint to that, right, is that we live in, we live in the age of Coachella, Bonnaroo, all these music festivals where like. You might go to see one artist that you like or whatever, but you end up staying for the whole thing. And I think that is that's the lane WWE is trying to create for WrestleMania, right? Not like a two day hardcore thing for the fans, but sort of like a festival environment because we've been to several WrestleManias like they take over the city and there's things to do for everybody. We're so far away from quote unquote casuals making a trip for WrestleMania. And what about tuning but, in though? Like, don't you think if you like barely watch wrestling anymore, from the from his standpoint, I see the argument that if you barely watch anymore, but you want to check in, it's easier to check in and watch the whole thing in one show than feel like you're only getting half the show. It's for the live audience and it's to make money. End of story. I'll say this though about about the casuals, like Bad Bunny, and I know anecdotal evidence only gets you so far, but a, a kid that I went to high school with. 
and hadn't talked to for years saw that Bad Bunny was going to be at Mania, watched for the Bad Bunny match on night one, and then came back for night two. I don't know how many people Bad Bunny, how many other people Bad Bunny did that for, but I mean, if that's something that, especially with it now being on Peacock, if people have Peacock and are willing to just jump in for a couple of hours to enjoy it, then they win. And the two days is way more digestible than the marathon Sunday afternoon into Monday morning stuff that they were doing the last few years. The one thing that. I'm going to say uh, before we go to Black Power Rankings and go to Bianca and and Montez is uh, I got I've gotten multiple emails, um, people asking where to find the podcast. And this one, Donald, hopefully he finds it and hears this. Donald sent us a message and says, Pete, I don't normally email, but I can't find the podcast. I Googled it. I know it says The Ringer, but I can't find an app called The Ringer. I was hoping you could point me in the right direction. Longtime fan, stay mage. So I wrote him back. I said, The Ringer Wrestling Show, wherever you find podcasts. So for anyone out there who has friends who may listen to the podcast and maybe couldn't find it, I really, really hope uh, you can spread the word and tell people. As J- as James yes, says yes, here, m- 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 mail. just like the stages of grief, every child of divorce goes through a stage where they hope and believe their parents will get back together. But alas, it never comes to be. Well, after many, many years, I couldn't believe that we finally got an exception to the rule. Listening to you and Shoemaker wax on the squared circle made me feel like despite the rising tide of fascism in America, everything is going to be okay. Mark from Tacoma Park and the shill in Capitol Hill. What a great guy. (laughs) He seems like a great guy. (laughs) He really does. James, you seem like a great, great man. Uh, SGG. I, I come to you at this point to ask you one question and one question only. And that question would be, you. I, I think you'll find yourself prepared for it. Oh, yeah. Do you have black power rankings? Wait, before you answer, answer very slowly. Hold on. Do you have, uh, where the hell are the black power rankings? Oh, how about this? Do you? Do Oh, I do. And I'm black, y'all. And I'm blacker than black. And I'm black, y'all. And I'm black, y'all. And I'm black, y'all. And I'm blacker than black. And I'm black, y'all. With an exclusive world premiere of our brand new block slaughter. What do you got? I do. Two words that I looked forward to saying so much last week, Friday. And I'm giving it to myself. Number one on the Black Power Rankings. Me and my beautiful, gorgeous wife. I see. My bride. Uh we, you know, I'm going to pat myself on the back a little should. bit. Um, we we threw what I think was an amazing wedding weekend for our family, our I friends. Uh-huh. Um, everybody was there, got along. It was good energy. Everybody blended. You know, people spoke very highly of, of Dip. People spoke very highly That's of important. Rosenberg. Very. Le- Leon and Linda. My boy, my boy Leon connected with Zach Linder. I think they're best friends now. Tiger gave an amazing best man speech. My officiant, oh, Kev, he was great. Oh, he's a great guy. And I gotta and, tell uh, you, I gotta tell you, my, my mom kept it off. I gotta tell you, yeah, your mom had a beautiful prayer. She also left when WAP was played. Yeah, she. 
So WAP played at the reception, and my mother, who was a reverend, <laughs> um, she said a prayer. And she said, she said a prayer over WAP. That was that was. How do you know she said? What is the blessing over WAP? How do you know she said a prayer? She she. She blessed herself. Several people told me that they saw her do the side of the cross <laughs> when it was played, so and then right after that, if there's ever a song the cross, herself, to I mean that is she that is definitely one of the one. Yeah, um, <laughs> she said it was getting now, too wild. That she had to go. I should also note the level of diversity of SGG's wedding would be like one where you'd watch on TV. It's what a wedding looks like, and you'd be like, no one in real life has that diverse a friend group. It just doesn't exist in real life. I, I honestly. You'd watch it on like an NBC show. You'd be like, oh, they're making everyone look like everyone's friends with everyone. But in real life, it's never like that. SGG, it was it was beautiful. A cornucopia. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate that. And and I was just so touched by how everybody mixed and mingled and got along and just like, you know, oh, they yeah. shared meals together outside of like the wedding festivities and and everybody just connected and everybody just had had great things to say about each other. So I'm giving this Black Power Rankings to myself and my wife, but it really is for all of us to share. Really, we had a great time. Congratulations. Uh, we had a blast. So happy for you guys. And now ending the podcast on a story of black love, we swing right into the 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 most loving, lovely couple in all of uh, professional wrestling. Enjoy Survivor Series. Don't forget uh, to download the Ringer Green Room. I'm sorry, the Spotify or is it the Ringer Green Room app? Just look up the Green. Look up Green Room on the app. It's Spotify, it's Spotify, Spotify Green, Green Room, Room app. Yeah. Just look up the Spotify Green Room app, and we'll see you Sunday night after Survivor Series. Of course, you'll see me before on the kickoff show, WWE Network on Peacock and um, Rosenberg Beats at gmail.com. If you want to reach out to the show, ladies and gentlemen, Miss Bianca Belair and Mr. Montez Ford. Hey, Cheap Heat Podcast, uh, this uh, Sunday is Survivor Series, and uh, they said, do you want to talk to Bianca and Montez? And I said, I've honestly already talked to them a lot of times. And they said, well, that's all you have. So I said, okay, in that case, let's do it. I'm just kidding. Uh, Bianca Belair and Montez Ford are here. How are you guys? Good, bro. So how you been, man? How's Good. everything? Good. I think that, Montez, I think this is your first official time on the podcast. It is. It is. It is. It is. And uh, blessed to be here, man. Very fortunate to be here. And, uh, you know, always good to see you in good light and good sense. <laughs> Thank and everything. you. Oh, yes. Very yeah, true. Uh, yeah. Other half as well with the photos as well. Yes. Every time yes. When we came to MSG. And, you know, it's funny. It's funny that um, the first time. Not the first time I met you guys. I actually remember the first time I met you when you guys were still in NXT. Mm -hmm. And uh, I saw you at the after party many years ago. This was like, so y'all were, y'all were still on the, y'all were new. Like you were both relatively new. This is pretty new that you were all, all NXT kids. Yeah. Remember this? I remember that time. Is uh, Was it when we first went live on the USA Network? About 2019, maybe? You know, this is pre was, that. Was this, that. New, was this in New York? Yo, no, this is, no, no, no. This oh, is like, okay, that? let me say this. When did you guys get to NXT? I got to NXT in 2016. Yeah, I was about 2015. A little bit, so yeah. this is maybe 17 or oh, 18. Wow. Oh. But like we just, you just came up and said hello and we didn't have an actual conversation until I saw you guys at WrestleMania in 2019, which is when I was not in the best place in my life. I wasn't with the company. My marriage had just fallen apart. Um, I, I was, all I was, through it. we were having, I was, <laughs> We were getting deep. Montez and I were getting yeah, deep. I remember we were that. talking about life. 
Uh, and but it's funny because they, here we are. You fast forward two years, and mm -hmm. everyone's in a, a fantastic place, amazing place. And I guess I'll start with you, Bianca, on the wrestling side of things. Um, you know, there was a lot of conversation. I'm sure you saw on the internet about SummerSlam. And there were a lot of people that were upset about the result of that. Um, and, you know, I'm always very big on reminding people, you know, if you love a, a talent in particular, to not get overly caught up in results mm -hmm. because results are not necessarily the goal of talent the way you may think it yeah. is as much as performance is the is the goal. So why don't you take me through what your mentality was when Becky came back and when SummerSlam played out? Ooh, SummerSlam, that was a that was a day. Um that whole day was just so chaotic. It was a world when everything was so last minute. But this one sitting beside me here uh really kept me intact that day and and, and uh, you know constantly check my perspective but it you know I was champion and then to to lose my title in 26 seconds I mean that's a hard blow you know especially because I felt like I was just getting started mm -hmm. and it got snatched away so quickly but uh you know it's a marathon and and usually I, I don't really go online and look at comments a whole lot but afterwards my mama was like you got to go online because People are, are rooting for you. Like they they they, they got behind me even more. Mm -hmm. So afterwards, and they were really mad about it. But you know, I think you know my fans just they understand that you know they, they see something special in me and they want to see me thrive and and they they're rooting for me and got behind me. So my my perspective, I just have to keep that in mind and and know that I just want to be the absolute best at what I do. Whether that's me going out there and performing and putting on a great show, no matter who I'm in the match with, having great chemistry with them, and what's for me will be for me, and nobody can stop that you know the, the cream is going to rise to the top and I'm, I'm gonna eventually get back to the top uh but you know my, my this one keeps my perspective in check and you know even with with halloween that just passed i'm, I'm kind of going off subject Please. but yeah, um know. you know seeing so many people dress up like me i know and i saw that i saw how that. i'm inspiring them and that right there just lets me know that you know i can i can lose my title in 26 seconds but how i make people feel and how i inspire them that lasts way longer than 26 seconds and that's what this is all about so that's kind of what i just use to drive me even when i have like tough times or lose my title in 26 seconds and things kind of go downhill for me so i just try to keep that in my perspective and try to continuously keep making my fans feel something. Well, yeah, and you can't, there's no way to sustain forever, no. right? Like even, I mean, everyone's gonna have different runs, but yeah. no one's last forever. Mm -mm. You have to have ebbs and flows. Your character has to have ups and downs. Yeah. But Montez, how do you, you, from what I gather from your guys' relationship, from what I see, is you do seem to be like sort of the, the wise you know, philosophical husband <laughs> who gives advice and you sit there, I see you on the other side of the curtain watching and you're, but at the same time, you're dealing with your own ups and downs, right? right? Like right. you're probably dealing with Bianca, be upset about her lot in a moment. Meanwhile, she's made it to a lot you haven't even gotten to right, yet. Right, right, right. So how do you go about sort of giving support to your wife while being also like, hey, I'm still trying to get to where you're at in some ways? Well, because like at, this, at the end of the day, like you want them to exceed way past the potential and especially someone you love truly dearly to your heart, you know? And then at the same time, like, Eventually, and God willing, I get in that same position. You know, she's giving me that same exact support. And, you know, and especially in those time periods, like she said, it's hard. You know, you and she's a perfectionist. You know, she she wants to do everything to the top T. So if things don't go her way, then, of course, you got to make sure, like, you know, you're you're great. You know that. Don't don't let 
a single, uh, what you call it, speed bump or a bump in the road change your whole perspective of you as a performer. Because I tell her all the time she's the absolute best. She is. She, she's the baddest thing on the planet. And, you know, obviously in those situations when things don't go your way, you have to always, like she said, remind them of, like, how great you truly are. You know, like sometimes the world, the comments and social media may say this, that, and the third about where you're currently at. But, you know, it's always about making sure that mindset is good because at the end of the day, you still got to go out there and perform in front of the fans and, and uh, you know, deserve all the success and everything that's coming to you, you know. And I want that same, you know, support, you know, I, when I'm running and gunning, <laughs> you know, it's it's hard. It gets hard. But you guys have had, and, and, and Street Profits have had stop and start. Mm -hmm. Like, you guys have had moments where you're the hottest thing cooking. Right. And then there are months when you were hosting Monday Night Raw, I right. felt like. And right. I was like, are they going to get near a wrestling right, ring right, anytime right. soon? <laughs> and in some ways also, that was good. Right, you got right. a ton of TV yes. time while not wrestling. Yes, yes. So a it's different a way of like showing our characters, you know, whether it's, you know, hosting or entertaining or whatever it is, just showing that we can be versatile, you know, and then uh, at the same time being supportive of the family, man. You know, like I wouldn't want any part of our household to feel down or distraught. Uh, in any kind of way, because I feel like if we all winning, if we're one winning, we're all winning. And if we're all losing and there's no support, then we all losing. So it's always that constant, like keeping each other up, you know. So, so, so tough question for your other family, which is Street Profits. <laughs> um, on this show, you know, it has definitely been expressed. Dipperstein has expressed this many times. I think Stack Guy said the same. Um, that people see you as a really big single star and there are people who could picture you holding up that big title, you know, and really being the face of this. Which one? I know. They're all big. They're all big. But, um, you know, is that something that, that crosses your mind? Is that something that you and your tag team partner discuss? Is that an awkward thing to think about while you're having tag team success? That there are a lot of people going, you could be a huge single star. Take us, <laughs> let's keep it real. Take us through what that's like emotionally. The crazy thing is, is that uh, me and Docs actually don't even like really speak about it. Because, you know, at the current time, we are in a tag team. Like, that's our goal right now. Tag team, be the greatest tag team of all time, win the tag team championships. But... Uh, ever since I was a little kid, like that big title, that's that's what I wanted. And I feel like that's a thing for, obviously, you can see the EST at WWE. That's a huge mindset and goal for everyone. And I feel like if that's the goal set you have here, it should be the goal set you have. You want to be the man. So, uh, yes, absolutely. It's something that we, you know, we don't really speak about it, but we kind of know, like, the motivation that if if a draft happens and he gets separated or I get separated and one of us gets that chance to be, like you said, holding up the big title, then obviously that's where the support comes in because you want to see everybody winning. You know, nobody Did, wins when the family feuds. So. What was that? What was that draft like? Did you did you know where things were going to land? No, they, no, like this always. We don't know anything until we find like out the stuff at the same time as everybody same else. Sometimes we find sometimes out stuff the on internet, Twitter. Yeah, the internet be knowing before. Hey, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I guess that's where we going. And I found out it was the main event. It was basically on Twitter with mm -hmm. everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> WrestleMania. So, and so the draft for both of you guys was was the draft kind of a. A, a weird time for both of you? It's always a stressful and weird time, especially with us being married, because if you end up on two different brands, yeah. Pain in the ass. You, you maybe will see each other maybe one day a week. So I'm always stressed out with, I want to go to the same brand with him, because I always say I'm, I'm blessed to do what I love with the person I love. And I always, you know, I'm 
very clingy, so I always want to, <laughs> I always want to be with him. So it's it's stressful. You always want to end up on the same brand. Yeah, because it's it's like uh, basically travel schedule is different. The uh, international tours are different. So you swip swap. You may it by chance see each other maybe once a week. Nah, they've uh, listen. Some, you could ask maybe, uh, maybe once a week. Um, Graves and Carmella just yeah. had a hell of a run dealing yeah. with that. You know, mm-hmm. now they're on the same show, but yep. I know for a while it was like in and out. Everyone's right. That's tough. You know, it's a real that that's a real thing. Right. It was like that for a few months with us when because uh, we first got called up to Main Ross. It was July of nineteen, and it was both still in NXT, but I was still going to Raw mm. and SmackDown to do the you know live promos with Docs. So it was a kind of like a little shift there for us because like I. Probably yeah, get home like and she would literally go to NXT. I would literally go to NXT with her just to just spend some time mm-hmm. time because I would have On to fly. She would either have to fly out Thursday for a four day road loop or I have to go back out. Well, at least you have a, the same job, so like you showing up to her job doesn't seem weird yeah. and stalker. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like you're still kind of supposed to be there. Yeah. Um, oh, man. Now, now Bianca, there's a lot going on with this um, Charlotte Becky story. Mm. Um, you know, it's one of those things that it's one of those times when the the blurry lines of of this business become really interesting. Um, I personally, I've never said this on the podcast, but I'll say this: when I was at the, I think it was the last pay per view, or two pay per views ago. Yeah, it was, Becky was already back because mm-hmm. like she was she was around and had a match, so y'all had a match, I guess. And I was in makeup. And it was at a moment I mistimed it. I always try to avoid when the girls are in makeup. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to get that. Yeah, you don't want to be. It's just too much going on. Too Smart many people, man. and like that's real work. To, I, like I, they don't care about me, so I just don't want to bother anyone. You don't need that much work. No, look at me. You yeah. see what time it is? Come on, I'm already lined up. I mean, already. Chris. So, so, so I was sitting there though. I think you were there too, and like every every girl on the roster basically was there at like one time, at least everyone who was on the pay per view. Mm-hmm. And I'm not gonna lie. Like, you excluded, it felt like there was a lot of weird energy between a lot of people going. Like, I was, like, looking around, and, like, Charlotte was there, and Becky's there, and Sasha's there, and I was like, man, there's a lot of vibes here. Um, This... How do you manage different relationships in that locker room? Because everyone has a different relationship. Let's be real. Everyone does. And you seem to get along with everybody from what I can tell. So how do you sort of go about handling your business? For me, you know, I'm kind of like the new kid on the block. But me, I'm not into all that. I just, I want to... Go to work. I want to enjoy what I do and have fun with what I do. Like, what's the point if I'm stressed out or in drama? You know, I just want to enjoy what, what I do. So I kind of just vibe with everybody and get along with everybody. I stay to myself a lot. I, I'm or I'm with my husband. That helps, too, that you have your husband uh, yeah. around. Like, y'all can always—no one can ever really knock you yeah, for I'm being not, with your partner. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> yeah. not like, oh, she excluding herself. She isolated. It's like, no, I'm just chilling with my husband over Right, there, right. It know? makes sense. Uh, it's not like you have a little group, yeah. a little clique. It's just you and your husband. Yeah, yeah. right. It's an alibi. It's, right, it's an alibi <laughs> it to avoid drama at all times. Yeah, is, I got to go with my girl. You, you know, know, she said— <laughs> But do you have a—do you have a— um, can you say is there one person who you've been closest with or who's looked out for you the most in your in your rise so far? Um, I, for me, when I first got uh, to SmackDown, it was definitely Bailey. Uh, she just even at times and she didn't even know. Like I'm, I was just like watching Bailey, and she was like literally just leading me sometimes without even knowing. I think that's the true uh, that's a true leader right there. When they're not even trying to lead you, and they are. Um, and uh, Tamina as well. Like mm. she's like the person that is always taking care of everybody in the locker room. And um, you know, of course, 
for me to like it, it, it it's not even just when I first got to to SmackDown or Raw, but even like recently at Crown Jewel, Sasha Banks, she, you know, I, I did the one arm press. Mm-hmm. And even before it, I was like, I don't know if I can do it. I don't know if I can do it. And she was the main person telling me, like, no, you you gonna do this. Like, and if you if you you're not doing the press unless you're doing the one arm press because people <laughs> need to see this. So um for me, I always get so much encouragement from all the girls backstage in, you know. We, but if if not, you just use it in your match and, and use it for your feud, you know. <laughs> <laughs> now, is there a is it looks it seems to be that you and Dewdrop um, are have something going on. Yeah. Um, uh, now so. that would be different. Mm-hmm. Now all of a sudden you're the experienced yeah. person. I guess that would be the first time that you would be seen as the veteran. Yeah. Um, yeah. Has that popped up yet already? Have you guys had like conversations? That's a different kind of. Uh, Different kind of thing. We did. Uh, it was uh, like two weeks ago on a live event, and we actually had a triple threat. It was uh, Becky Lynch, Dewdrop, and, and me in a triple threat match. And afterwards, uh, Dewdrop was saying, you know, I was so nervous because I'm like, why are you nervous? You know, she's like, well, I was get, I'm, I'm in the ring with two main eventers. And I was like, who? And, uh, yeah. And I was talking <laughs> to, you know, my husband about it. And I was like, that's when it hit me like, oh, she she sees me in, in a different light. You know, I'm still just Bianca, mm-hmm. you know, but that's when it kind of hit me like she was like, I'm in, in the ring with too many vendors. I got to bring it right now. So I'm like, oh, I'm kind of like maybe I'm not the rookie anymore. You know, I was being called a rookie for so long, but I'm excited about this feud with Dewdrop. It's going to be I think it's a uh, it's fresh. It's new. I'm not in a title picture right now, which I'm actually I'm okay with. I need I'm, I need a break and need to regroup. And right now it's Liv Morgan's time, and I'm happy for. But I get to go and create new feuds with people and and have uh, new stories and more yeah, depth to your character. Yeah, and add I, more I, layers to my character. And I'm glad you're saying that because I actually had a moment last week where I was complaining about it, where I was like, well. Because I sort of felt like everything would be justified from SummerSlam as long as your character had a certain trajectory. And then, so, you know, um, I think it was Shoemaker last week on the podcast pointed out, it's like, hey, there can be room, hopefully, for this women's mm-hmm. division to have more than just a title picture. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, Because you can't live in the title picture no. forever. So, and I was like, and the second, this past week, when I saw Dewdrop, you guys interacting, it, elevation really works. Mm-hmm. Like she looks bigger now. She looks more important now that you guys have something going on. It's like, oh, you really do get the rub from being next to someone. It changes perception, yeah. you know, because she's had an interesting ascent, obviously, right? With people getting used to her new name and forgetting about her past as Piper and like, <laughs> and then you're kind of rebuilding who this person is. And now this is a, an exciting opportunity. Yeah. Um well, listen, guys, I just wanted to to have you guys on for a little bit. Survivor Series, of course, um, is this Sunday. Uh, there's Raw also Monday at the Barclays mm-hmm. Center. Bianca, you have a, you're in the Smack you're the Survivor Series uh, Raw versus SmackDown mm-hmm. women's match. Your first Survivor Series match? No. You were in last year also? I, this I'm the first person that's been on all three teams. Oh, you were on the NXT on one the for NXT, the first year? NXT team. Last year I was on SmackDown. This year I'm Team Raw. So I'm wow. a little experienced. Yeah, you're a actually bit, a you know? I apologize. You are and a savvy we, Survivor Series yeah. veteran. And I, when I was on the NXT team, we actually won. So I've been on the winning side before too. So. so we'll remember that come Sunday. <laughs> Survivor Series. Yo, guys, it's a pleasure. I think you're two of everyone's favorite in the business right now. So everyone is rooting for you both. You're our favorite, Thank too. Oh, so love you, Death yeah. Man. Shout out to that guy, Greg. Red Hart is the greatest professional wrestler in the history of the art form. Mitch. <laughs>